Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We could cope, the world could cope, with a Jesus who ultimately remains a wonderful idea inside his disciples' minds and hearts. The world cannot cope with a Jesus who comes out of the tomb, who inaugurates God's new creation right in the middle of the old. That's a quote taken from N.T. Wright's book, Surprised by Hope. Bishop Wright was a centerpiece for our Lenten mission, if his name sounds familiar. And I'm very fond of this particular quote of his, because I think it speaks the truth. The world cannot cope with a Jesus that comes out of the tomb and ushers in God's new creation. One thing is for sure. Nobody expected the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Looking at our dear friend and brother, St. Thomas, we can get a pretty good idea of this. Remembering that Thomas was with Jesus for the entirety of his public ministry, remembering that Thomas was a faithful disciple, we see this morning firsthand his shock his doubt, his unbelief. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see in his hands the prints of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. The idea that Jesus had been raised from the dead was troubling for Thomas. Even though presumably Thomas had been present for the raising of a daughter of Jairus even though Thomas was certainly present for the raising of the son of the widow of Nain. Thomas had serious trouble believing, refused to believe unless he had physical proof. Eight days pass from the resurrection and Thomas gets the proof he needs to believe that Jesus was indeed raised from the dead. Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believe him. Thomas did that, answered him, my Lord and my God. What must have been going through Thomas's mind? The fact that Jesus indeed rose from the dead, had indeed done that, forced everything Thomas knew onto its head. It shook the foundations of everything Thomas held as true. The fact of Jesus' rising from the dead was so traumatic that Thomas had to start all over. Not only did Thomas have to start all over, but so did all the disciples. No one expected the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you go back and look through the record of the Gospels, you'll find event after event after event where the disciples are clueless as to what Jesus is talking about, what he is all about. Most every time Jesus speaks of his death and resurrection, you will find dumbfounded and confused disciples of Jesus. Starting with Peter. For him, it is unthinkable. God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Peter says this when Jesus speaks of his death. Peter can't even imagine the thought that Jesus could die or be bested by the religious and secular rulers of the day. The idea that Jesus would rise again from death is not something Peter can even imagine. 
Death, maybe. God forbid it, Lord. But coming back from the dead, never. Inconceivable. For James and John, the sons of Zebedee and their overprotective mother, the idea of Jesus dying and rising to life is a mystery beyond comprehension. Again, in the gospel record, when Jesus is speaking of his death and his resurrection, the first request after they hear about this is from dear old mom, Mother Zebedee, and she's asking that James and John, her boys, get seats of honor in what will be Jesus' presumably earthly and political kingdom. They're clueless as to what he's talking about. And in the Gospel of Mark, Mary Magdalene is the first to find the empty tomb, the first to see the risen Lord. And this is what he records is happening to her. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, by Mary, they would not believe it. After this, he appeared, Jesus, appeared to two of them as they were walking in the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. The fact in reality of Jesus dying and rising to life again is not even possible in their minds. And so it is eight days after the resurrection of the Son of God from the dead, the apostles are all gathered together in the upper room. Thomas touches Jesus' wounds. Thomas touches Jesus Christ raised from the dead and cries those famous words, My Lord and my God. Now, this proclamation, my Lord and my God, no doubt presented the apostles and their mission with a unique problem. Nobody expected the resurrection. It would be a whole lot easier and cleaner and certainly safer for the apostles to continue on only remembering Jesus. Remembering Jesus the prophet, the Jesus who preached the good news to the poor and to the oppressed, the Jesus who preached release of the captives. It would be a whole lot easier to remember and spread the message of Jesus the great healer, the Jesus who gave sight to the blind, the Jesus who made the lame walk, the Jesus who cleansed the lepers. It would be a whole lot safer to preach about Jesus the worker of miracles, Jesus who turned water into wine, Jesus who multiplied fish and loaves, Jesus who calmed the storms, Jesus who raised others from the dead. People might even buy into someone who preached about Jesus the just, Jesus who had compassion on the little children, Jesus the welcomer of outcasts, Jesus the welcomer of sinners, Jesus lover of mankind. This the world could cope with. But to preach Jesus Christ risen from the dead, Jesus Christ the Son of God who destroyed death itself, the world just could not cope with that. Looking back at the reading from Acts this morning, we see Peter's first sermon. Merely 40 days after coming to the realization, to the belief that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, that Jesus Christ had destroyed death, that Jesus Christ had ushered in God's new creation, smack dab in the middle of the old one, Peter preaches. He stands up, and this is what he says. This Jesus, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. So on the day of Pentecost, 
with hundreds of thousands of pilgrims gathered together in Jerusalem, Peter stands up and boldly preaches to these masses. Peter does not get nostalgic. He does not reminisce about how swell a guy Jesus was or how we need to follow the example he left. Peter rather stands up in the midst of thousands and boldly proclaims a thing which everyone knows cannot happen. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. And with this proclamation, with this is the foundation of the gospel itself, with this is the central claim, the apostles and followers of Jesus separate themselves from what the world considers normal, from what the world considers sane. But in this separation, this detachment from what the world understands as normal and sane, the apostles fully enter into God's new reality. They fully enter into God's new creation birthed right in the middle of the old. The apostles gain freedom, great freedom as well, with Thomas's touching of our Lord. With Peter standing up and saying a thing which is not normal or sane. The disciples, armed only with the conviction of their conscience, are able to look at the human condition, human politics, the human outlook, the world itself, through the lens of God's kingdom come on earth. They are able to boldly and unashamedly proclaim a new reality. Now we who claim the faith of Jesus make the same claim. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are witnesses. We make this claim not in a merely spiritual or nostalgic sense, but it's something that is central and foundational to our very lives, to the way we live. Jesus Christ destroyed death by rising from the grave. We make this claim as something that the world still finds not normal or sane. And in that claim, we too are freed from the conceptions of this world. We too are freed from what the world expects of us. Expects is normal and sane. So the challenge for us, brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, is to fully live out our convictions. Not to pretend that we do not hold them. Not to pretend that we are normal and we are sane by the standards of the world. The challenge for us is to stand up as our brother Peter stood up and to proclaim Jesus Christ risen from the dead. To live lives, as a colleague says this morning, that show forth our separation from the world. To live lives that look at the human condition, human opinion, through the eyes of God and not the eyes of man. The question we must ask ourselves and to the place we must push is to ask this. If we were as bold as Peter, what would our lives look like today? If we fully and truly, verily, lived into God's new creation on earth, what would that look like? Now, the opportunities are endless and without definition. There are plenty in this world who know not the Lord Jesus Christ. There is plenty of injustice and oppression to go around. There is no shortage of poverty or of the poor. There is no shortage of natural calamity to respond to either. And 
There is, however, a great lack of prayer said and holiness lived in our world. Let us pray together, brothers and sisters. Let us pray that we may have the conviction of Thomas, the boldness of Peter, and the steadfastness of the church itself to live openly and fully into God's new creation here on earth. Let us pray that we may rid ourselves fully and completely of what the world does consider normal and does consider sane. Let us pray that we may be able to boldly proclaim through the actions of our lives, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is truly risen. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.